This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 3rd, 2019. Moral of the story, the least at the feast. So good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Today, we begin a new series uh, called The Moral of the Story. It's a series in which we explore some of the parables of Jesus, those, those fairly simple stories. Uh, they seem simple. Sometimes we've got to <laughs> unpack them. It's a lot more than simple. But he told them to tell, that they would reveal a deeper, wiser truth in these parables. Today we'll be looking at one that we call the least at the feast. Good morning, Connection Church. Welcome to the Everett Theater, and welcome again joining us on Facebook Live. It's so good to be together. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before I pray, just a little bit update about the new building. That's the update. Seriously, things are moving along. Things are fine. We, ju we just don't have a date. There was an inspection on Thursday or Friday. The fire marshal. Fire it's looking good. Yeah, looking good. Um, so we're close. You know, we're close. So just Closer. stay tuned. And uh, we're going to be um, connected while we're away. So uh, we'll be able to stay on. Be connected. Be yeah. connected. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for gathering us here together and online, one big community of faith, the body of Christ. Said lesson that we might be changed and transformed by this parable. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, do all the kids have whiteboards? If you do not, raise your hand. Okay, I'm really sorry, we don't have candy today. Yeah. And we're sorry we don't have whiteboards for all the adults. Okay. But we are going to ask you to write something later on, so if you need a pen. Anybody need a pen? All right. Good. Yeah, Everybody's adults, prepared. yeah. Good. Jake, thanks for helping. Good. All righty. So, <laughs> kids, write your name. Anybody that has a whiteboard, write your name on the whiteboard. And then write Luke 14, because that is our focus today. Luke chapter 14. Our parable is found in Luke 14. Luke is in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke is most well-known. Chapter 2, you know, the birth of Jesus. And so many great, great things in the book of Luke. This parable is unlike some of the others. Because Jesus, rather than telling a story, offers some direct advice to those who he is with. Those who he's talking to. The setting is a dinner party. So they're hanging out, and a dinner party is at the home of a Pharisee. Say Pharisee. Okay, a Pharisee is a member of a group of Jews that strictly observed the traditions and the law in Scripture. They were strict, the letter of the law, and they were often filled with a sense of spiritual superiority. Other Pharisees were there at this party and they all had their eyes on Jesus. They were just waiting for him to mess up. They were waiting to find an infraction against him, against their understanding of the law. 
And so at this dinner party, there was a man standing in front of Jesus, and, and, and he suffered from something Scripture calls dropsy, something that we would refer to as edema, or a swelling of body tissues due to excessive fluid buildup. And, and Jesus turned to the Pharisees gathered there, these strict law guys, and, 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 uh, and the other experts in the law, <clears throat> and asked, is it unlawful to heal on the Sabbath? And you know, he knows what they're going to say because it's always the same answer for them, yes. But on this particular day, which was the Sabbath, they remained silent. See, they want to see what he's going to do. And so Jesus took hold of the man, healed him, sent him on his way. He then asked them if they had a child or an ox who fell into a well, wouldn't they pull him out? In other words, wouldn't they give him a hand, even if it was Sabbath? And again, they remained silent. <laughs> what could they say, that they would have left their kid in the well? You know, he put them in a, in a position, and they're just silent, wanting to watch what Jesus does. So here they are at the dinner party, and their air of superiority continued on, including who was going to sit where at the table. That brings us to the story today. And so, everyone, adults with your pens on your program in the white space inside the program, and kids on your whiteboards, write the word, the acronym, HUMBLE, H-U-M-B, that's not an acronym, that's a word, but we're gonna make, <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. So do it in a line, H-U-M-B-L-E, and say HUMBLE, Humble. And then every time you hear the word humble, guess what you have to do? Let's practice humble. Thank you. Here's the story. They, they're not buying it too much. Here's the story today. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it. But you notice this particular dinner party, they didn't have little, little place cards of who's sitting where. You see, it's, a, it's kind of a free-for-all. You sit where you want to. So here we go. When uh, Jesus noticed how the guests pick the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. He said, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you will come and say to you, I'm sorry, more distinguished, you, uh, may, uh, more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Yeah. So kids, Draw a picture on your whiteboard of a dinner table, people around it, including Jesus. And so uh, what we read here, Jesus offers the guests at this dinner party, and especially the self-absorbed Pharisees, the, the, uh, those who had this air of spiritual superiority, offered them some very practical words of wisdom. See, rather than choosing the places of honor at the table, the places that would be closest to the host, uh, as we assume from him telling the story that that's what they're doing, he's strongly suggesting they should choose the seat 
furthest away. The, low, the least important seat in terms of uh, the scale of who's important. You see, Jesus suggests that they consider themselves the least at the feast. And then any seat movement for them is going to move, uh, move up, right? If you're in the lowest spot, if there's any movement going to happen, the host is going to say, hey, gosh, you sit, sit at this place, sit a little closer to me, rather than the other way, moving them down, and so avoiding then this embarrassment due to their false sense of superiority. As Jesus says, for all those who exalt themselves will be what? Humbled. And all those who, hum, that was a two for one, boom, boom, humble themselves will be exalted. I think that's pretty good advice. Have you ever been in a position where maybe your ego was kind of big and you thought you had value in a situation? For example, maybe I've been involved in something and somebody's talking about it and it's kind of a big deal and then they say, oh, and so-and-so really made a difference in that particular situation, and I was the one that did it, or, you know, really, I want to be recognized. We all like to be recognized, but sometimes it's just not good because it inflates, our ego, our ego gets overinflated. Do y'all know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. So it's important to just be, I'm having issues, there we go, hello, humble from the start. You okay? I'm okay. So we're talking about having a humble spirit, right? Yeah, humble. We, we talk about that a lot at CCC, except we use a little, we don't use that word so much. We use an acronym. INAM, I-N-A-M. Kids, you can write that out, I-N-A-M. And then you can write what it stands for. Say it with me. It's, it's not, not about, about me. me. It's not about me. So that's what the spirit of humility is all about, others first. We want to take a few moments and go ahead and talk about what H-U-M-B-L-E means. We've gotten the seed of what we're talking about through somebody named Beth Hogan on the internet. We don't know her, but it just, she gave us a starting point. We always like to give credit of where we got some ideas. So here we go. H. H. And you already have them listed, right? I just got to ask, because this was so funny, first service. Of those who adults who are writing it down on the little paper, let me see the hands of the women who are doing that. You see the hands of the guys who were doing that. Um, better ratio a than first service. A few more this service. Better ratio. I got to give it to you. Yeah. Very good. Still not not even, but better. Better than first service. I'll give you guys that. H stands for honor. Write honor next. H and then honor. H-O-N-O-R. Honor. Okay? Everybody. To honor means to regard with high respect, great esteem. Humble means to honor God and those around us in the context we're sharing this morning. To lift them up, not tear them down. To put them ahead of oneself. To honor is like, you know, if you have an office, rather than a, a fish on the wall, you would maybe have 
uh, a cross or a picture of your spouse or, you know, some of those around you, but especially God. We're honoring God. Lift up, not tear down. Put him ahead of self. To honor means to recognize the importance of others, God especially, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then the people around us. You. You stands for unpretentious. Say unpretentious. 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 All right, kids, write that. <laughs> unpretentious on your board. Adults, write it on your program. What that means is trying to not impress others with an appearance of greater importance, talent, or culture than is actually possessed. It's about being modest. Now, the Pharisees, we read about in the New Testament of the Bible, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these Pharisees were quite pretentious. They were filled with this overabundance of who they were and what they knew, and they had a handle on the Bible, on the law. They were ego-centered as far as spiritual superiority. Completely puffed up. Unpretentious is just the opposite. It means to be uninflated with oneself. Okay, so H-U, H-U, next comes M. M, and M stands for meek. Meek. And that's not to be confused with the word it rhymes with weak. We often say, oh, weak and meek, are, they're not, they are not synonyms. No. Meek means to be humble, non-boastful, modest, meager, or self-effacing, according to Wiktionary.org. In his Sermon on the Mount, found in chapters 5 through 7 of the book of Matthew in the New Testament, this is what Jesus said. He said, blessed, blessed are the meek. The meek are blessed, for they will inherit the earth. Well, that's not a bad deal, is it? That's a pretty good inheritance. Yeah. You know, something just came to me. There are people with false humility. When you said, like, self-effacing, it's like, oh, you know, I'm just nothing. That, that's not good either because doesn't what count. that does is draw attention. And so, yeah, yeah. So don't be like that either. Be comfortable in your skin, though, because God made you unique and special just the way you are. And B stands for believe. Believe. Everyone write believe. Believe that God loves you. Believe that God values you. You don't need to boast about your own value. You don't need to boast about your own importance and pump yourself up. God just does that. He's just praying for you and loving on you. And really, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. It's really good enough. Your humble spirit reflects your belief in God's love for you. Can you say, I believe God loves me? Can you say it like you mean it? That's what I'm talking about. H-U-M-B-L. L stands actually for two things, least and lower, least and lower. You can write both words. Be the least at the feast. Least, that doesn't mean you're unimportant, but that means a humble spirit there, least at the feast. You take the, not the high, uh, uh, the high chair. <laughs> you take, not the chair close to the host, but furthest away. The most humble place at the sta- table, lower yourself before God and before those around that's why when we fall on our knees to pray, that's a, that's a symbol of our humility before God, isn't it? Yeah, that's what that stands for. Allow God and others to be the ones to lift you up, not yourself. As we read in 1 Peter chapter 5, and all of you must clothe yourselves with humility. Say humility. 
Humility. In your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. humble. E. E stands for exalt. Exalt in due time. So what this is about is don't exalt yourself. And we've already been talking about this. You know, don't hold yourself so high up. God's got that. God's loving you. God's got you. You know, you are the apple of God's eye. Wait for God. Wait for God to lift you up. It's in his time, not ours. So we're going to continue 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Mm. Say, God will exalt me. God will exalt me. I don't have to. I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to. You know, when Jesus was offering words of humble wisdom to those gathered at the dinner party, he wasn't just talking the talk. Jesus walks the walk. Amen? Amen. We read in the book of Mark, chapter 10, where Jesus gathers the disciples, tells that them in order to become great, they must serve each other. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. And Jesus said, even he himself, Jesus, came to serve, not be served. Say, came to serve. Came to serve. Not be served. Not be served. And to give his life as a ransom for many. We see this played out especially in the 13th chapter of the book of John, when Jesus and the disciples are having their last meal together, the last supper, which we will celebrate shortly, we call Holy Communion. <clears throat> he was sharing that last meal with his disciples. Typically, when you went to a home for a meal, there was a servant there who would wash your feet because after walking on those dusty roads, they, the roads were dusty, your feet were crusty, and they would, they would wash your feet to uh, kind of relax you probably and to clean you up for, for the meal. There was no servant. It was a rented room. Who took on the part of the servant? Jesus. Wrapped a, tail around, a towel around his waist, took a basin, went to each disciple, washed, got on his knees and washed their feet. Can you imagine having your feet washed by the Savior of humankind? It's an extremely humbling experience, wouldn't it be? Yeah, absolutely. But that's what he did at that dinner party in the rented room. And when he finished, he told them to follow his example, to wash one another's feet, to be the servant as he showed them to be. Follow his example. Right, kids, we'd like you to draw a picture of Jesus washing your feet. Mm. Okay. So Jesus' show of his humble spirit was allowing himself to be arrested, to be beaten, to be spit on, to be whipped, to be crucified, to be put on the cross to suffocate and die so that you and I could be forgiven for our sin, to save us from ourselves, to give us new life when we invite Jesus into our life, to allow Jesus to be the leader of our lives. And then when life goes nuts and it doesn't make sense, because of that relationship and because we know that God is on the throne, we can experience peace that passes all understanding. He cares so much 
And the way that he showed us that is what he did for us on the cross. That is the ultimate act of humility. Giving one's very life so that we might realize the relationship, experience salvation through God's grace in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the question of the day is this, what's, what's your uh, personal humble spirit meter reading today? Are you requesting a seat next to the master, thinking that's the place that you belong? Or are you choosing to be least at the feast? Selecting a seat furthest from the host, recognizing the need to be humble rather than exhibiting that false sense of superiority. And then the real question is, are you humble enough to put God and others first, to allow yourself to serve rather than waiting to be served? Uh, above all else, are you humble enough to realize, oh, <laughs> I realize what's going on. <laughs> Are you humble enough to realize that you are a sinner, just like I am? When I say you, I, I should be weak. Are you that you're a sinner in need of salvation? Uh, the scripture tells us we all sin, fall short of God's glory, and, and, and the wage of sin is death. So we need salvation are humble enough to realize that you can't save yourself. We ain't that good. And, and you can't save anybody else and nobody else can save you other than Jesus Christ. You know, that's the whole reason for the cross, isn't it? Whole reason for the tomb, whole reason that Christ resurrected after three days. Jesus, Jesus alone was sinless perfect, unblemished, sacrificial lamb. Jesus and Jesus alone it has the power to forgive, the power to forgive sin, the sin that we experience in our sin-filled lives. Jesus and Jesus alone has the power to save. He and he alone. To save us from ourselves, to save us from Satan's power, to save us from the, the chains of sin that enslave us. To save us from everything that separates us from the love of God. And so the question is, are you humble enough to say, Lord, I can't do this without you. Please open me up so that I might invite you into my life. So I might stop saying no. And for some of you, maybe today would be the first day I'd stop saying no and open yourself up to the possibility of this relationship with Jesus Christ. And for some, you may have done this a thousand times, and, 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 and maybe you're somewhere in between there. Wherever each of us is, we need to continue on a daily, hourly basis to seek the Lord with a humble spirit. Amen? To choose to be the least at the feast. That's what Jesus did, and that's what he calls us to do. And so there's a prayer on the screen, and this is meant, if you're comfortable, to, 
for everybody to say it, kids and adults. And, and parents, if you're with your kids, get your phone out and take a picture of this prayer. It's, it's something that you will want to talk to your kids about later. You know, we have your kids for an hour a week, but you have them for all those other hours. The other 167. Yeah, and so we partner with you, and this is, um, you know, we, we want to equip you to help your kids connect with Jesus and the new life he offers. So let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I need you. I mess up. I'm a sinner and I am sorry. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive my sins. I invite you into my heart and life. Be my savior. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we are lifting up um, whatever the situation is with the fire whistle, the reason for that. Please protect whoever's in trouble. We pray that there's no injury or of person or even property. But thank you, God, so much for those who are responding. And protect them and clear the road. We thank you. We thank you for this word found in Scripture. We thank you for the book of Luke, chapter 14, and what you would teach us. God, help us each and every day remember to put you first and then everything else falls into line. We pray this in your humble and incredible name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.